Good evening, everyone. I'm so excited you could join me for this workshop. And I am even more excited that UX writing is being given the light um, that it deserves, I guess, as part of the software lifecycle and just general UX design process. So today I am going to take you guys through content mapping, um, user journey mapping, and a whole bunch of really cool stuff about content types. And I'm hoping that you guys find this useful. There is a link in the chat to the documents that we'll be using during this um, workshop. So let me just quickly introduce myself. My name is Nicole Kimpele, as I'm sure you guys know already. I am 33 years old and I am multiracial. I come from a long line in history of very, very strong women. So on the screen right now is my mom on the right and my grandmother and my younger brother on the left. And they were the ultimate storytellers. Um, I cannot even express how they told stories with the most amount of exaggeration and embellishment, but they were they considered their empathy a weakness and as you guys can tell i have found ways to monetize mine <laughs> so um empathy is actually at the core of what we're doing here tonight and it's at the core of ux writing the core of ux design and just human-centered design and creating things for people I like to make the comparison between designing software and it being such an iterative process to the likeness of, of life really and how we continue to iterate. And the role of a UX writer is actually to consume complex flows and language and simplify it by providing a user with what they need at the time that they need it. And I feel like design being an iterative process and liking it to to life is really a good analogy because we design and we create and and we build on that over and over again to make the product better as we grow and as we learn So I'm assuming that most of you have an understanding of UX design and are part of the software creation process somehow. So if you haven't already, please download the docs in the link. Um, it's a, a link to my Google Drive and there are a number of documents there. In, and then the link is actually in the chat. You could also use a pen and a paper to, to do this workshop. You don't necessarily need to download those documents. And most of what I'll be presenting will be on the screen and what you'll need to do during the workshop will be on the screen. I've done quite a lot of the groundwork and um, this is going to be a short workshop. I don't really want to take up a lot of your time because the processes that were completely actually do take quite a bit of time. So I've shortened it by completing some of them and taking you guys through the steps. This workshop is based on design thinking or the principles of design thinking, which is basically solving problems by putting people or users at the center of the work that we do. So solving for the human need, which is human-centered design. 
So we're all going to be solving the same problem tonight with the same problem statement and persona. I've created a very high level persona for the purpose of this workshop. And I'm going to give a brief explanation of an empathy map, which is one of the main resources we'll be using tonight. Actually, we'll be using maps in general. So we're doing the user journey map and the problem statement we all have. Um, I will be going through content types related to the problem statement and the journey, and then we will go into empathy mapping. So the scenario that I've created is something I feel or something we probably all are experiencing or have experienced in the past six, six months. And it's related to the COVID, COVID vaccine journey. And we're building a platform that tracks the COVID-19 vaccine journey in conjunction with the Department of Health. We've done research and found that users need a digital home for their vaccine information. They also need access to information about the vaccine post and pre-vaccine. That's all the info we have at this stage. We need to do some research, obviously, and interview some users and start plotting the user journey and what will be needed at the different stages of the journey. Tiffany's our persona for this evening. Obviously, I've skipped some steps on persona creation and UX research, which are all prerequisites to create the journey map and plot content using the empathy maps. I've plotted a very high level journey for the purpose of planning and mapping the content. Um, and as you can see at the top is the journey, register first vaccine, post first vaccine. The typical questions, emotions, what we need is on the left. And I usually use this uh, map to help understand the emotional state of the user at each stage of the journey so that we can provide the content that's needed. If you're a UX designer, what I'm saying and doing here is literally the basics and actually the rest of the process will prove the importance of understanding UX design principles as a UX writer. I've plotted some questions that we can anticipate Tiffany may have at the different stages of this journey. And I'd like us to take some time to read through the questions and then you can suggest the emotional or the emotions that she will be feeling or experiencing at each stage. So you can post your responses in the chat if you'd like, or you can plot them out on your own if you've drawn out this journey map or if you've downloaded the doc. And I'm going to give everyone two minutes to read through the questions and then jot down some of the emotions. So I need to start a timer. And your two minutes starts now.
So if you guys didn't really hear the question, um, if you can plot the emotions for each stage of the user journey that's on the map or on the user journey right now. So if you can add that to the chat, that would be great. So whatever emotions you feel Tiffany might be feeling at the different stages of the journey and we'll see how we plot it going forward. So there's 30 seconds, but I think I'm going to extend it to another minute because I haven't received any responses in the chat of what emotions you think Tiffany might be experiencing during each part of this journey. Yes, she feels confused, correct. Definitely uncertain, yes. Okay, one more minute. Yes, very anxious, correct. Worried, that's right. Frustrated, yes. Hesitant, that's a good one. I love the need more info. That's very important. Unsure. Yeah. Those are all great answers, guys. Intimidated, overwhelmed, yes. All your responses are great. So I'm going to move on to the next slide since you guys gave me such good responses. And as you can see, a lot of the stuff you guys said are here is here. A lot of people consider um, understanding user emotions as like the fluff work. And I actually read a really good book by Don Norman about emotional design. And he actually breaks down people's emotional responses into three different stages and how that um, the success of your product or your app or your website or whatever is, is actually just like based on the emotional response and how you've designed it, you know? So understanding our users' emotions will help us actually write the content that counteracts those emotions. So if we map this out and we can anticipate what her next emotion will be, we can mitigate that by writing content or providing a design that will actually um, help her before she feels that way.
If Tiffany is feeling anxious or nervous, we need to give her as much information as possible. We also need to explain to her what is possible in the actual on the actual platform. And if she's like when she goes for her first vaccination, she'll be stressed as we can see. So we need to provide clarity and care and connecting with the CDC or um, WHO for vaccine info is really necessary to, you know, provide her with as much vetted information as possible to assist her in with her emotional state. So I've written down what we need to do, as you guys can see at each stage. And um, we're going to, I'm going to highlight what the problem statement is, and then we're going to go into content types. So yeah, let's, let's keep move on and then we can discuss content types. This problem statement is focusing on her first vaccination and it explains that she needs to make an informed decision about being vaccinated or getting vaccinated and she registers for the vaccination in preparation for her first dose. Because we have insights on the journey and her emotional state and the problem statement now seems quite this this problem statement now seems quite easy to fix, you know. So what we're going to do next is continue with the, the user journey map. However, this is the, the next part of this is the user journey map that I use to map out content types. It isn't the traditional user journey map that most designers use because it kind of ends at what we need to do and doesn't contain content types. So a UX writer would elaborate on the actual user journey map and create the content types column, which is what I've done in the next slide and you'll see. And we're going to, I'm going to need some interaction on that particular one because I think it's necessary for us all to understand how to map up, map out content types based on what, on the journey where we're, we've just completed. These are micro content types. And I've added these micro content types based on the flow that we're in. So this is registration. However, content types um, as a whole are essentially the building blocks of a brand and like content management system, digital ecosystems, you know. So I found that too often deciding what content types will be created and the properties of those types are usually decided by a developer with very little context about the content that they will contain, which makes it really hard as a writer to create content with, with content types that have been developed or created by someone who doesn't have the full context of the flow. So based on all this information, we already have an understanding the problem statement. Um, I'd like us to now plan the content types. So it's quite high level what I've done here. And um, this will later inform and assist the designer with wireframing. So I haven't added this column in the document on the drive because I've kept the user journey map in its original state. And you can actually add this column in if you'd like, you know, um, 
to use it as I do. I've actually never seen any, haven't seen other UX writers doing this from a, a user journey mapping level. So for registration specifically, we need a strong header, also letting the user know that this platform is connected to the Department of Health. Then I've got some body copy that should advise what documents are required and some bullet, bullet points about what can be done on this platform. I've also put a cell phone number input field there for the reminders that we, we're going to be sending the user, so cross-platform. Um, so what I'd like us to do now, I'm going to set another timer for two, two to three minutes, and I'd like you guys to please map out content types that you think will be necessary for the first vaccine flow or journey that the user is in, and what you think would be necessary to assist the user based on what we've mapped. I'm going to stop the timer. You can also put it in the chat if you'd like, or you can map it on your own. Two minutes, or let's see, maybe three minutes, three minutes. Please, everyone, keep their microphone muted. Thank you. I love the form for personal details. I think that's a great idea. Some great questions, more information regarding what the VAX is about. That's awesome. Definitely. Calendar, yes, guys. Infographic, yes, definitely. A progress bar, that's awesome. I love the progress bar idea. FAQs, yes. Pre-existing conditions list, that's so awesome. Yes, definitely. That's definitely something. Definitely a checklist of things you'll need. So specifically content types that I've picked up from what you guys have written um, is FAQs, infographics, um, a stepper, which is great because you need to know where you are in the process. That's awesome. Exclusion cases. Wow. A live chat. That's really awesome. Yes, that would be very beneficial, especially after you've been vaccinated and you have questions um, and you're not sure if your symptoms are um, okay or if they're strange. A chatbot. I love the chatbots. Oh, wow. Accounts of number of people vaccinated in your area. Awesome. That's a great suggestion, Candice. 
location maps, that's awesome. I think we might have gone over three minutes because I kind of forgot to set the timer. Um, but I think all your suggestions are so great. Um, as you guys will see in the next slide, um, I'm validating everything that everyone has said. And some of the suggestions I didn't even think of. So that just speaks to the value of designing in a team and with other people. A support group, that's so great. Here we have some content types based on the first vaccination journey. I've suggested an infographic connected to the CDC and WHO, or we could use the info from their sites to create our own infographic. Um, we could put together some FAQs. We could also connect to a live chat um, to a doctor to ask about the symptoms she may be experiencing. We could do some cross-platform comms, which is what I mentioned earlier on between SMS and, and the site. So obviously she's gonna have a lot of questions as we've, we've written down earlier on. So um, being able to answer those questions or being able to have access to a live chat or being able to have access to a platform to communicate and get feedback from is necessary at this point in time um, to get advice. I could speak about content types all day, but I think like the importance of having the right content type and the right actual content at the right time is very necessary in the success of a particular flow. And I mean, I don't really think I have to get into the details of, of how early you should have real copy integrated into your UI to this group of people, because I think you guys understand the importance of that. And yeah and completing this process in the beginning of your design process or doing this at the beginning of any new feature that you're working on or whatever it is or new flow that you're working on honestly saves you so much time down the line in the process of creating um, your designs and and having knowing what content types you will need will help you to actually integrate real copy into your UI at a later stage. Yay, we're on empathy maps finally. Um, but I could literally speak about content types, text hierarchy, scannability forever and ever and ever. So empathy maps and not empathy map. The reason why it is plural and not singular is because I'm presenting two empathy maps. One is um, an in-journey map and the other is a persona-related empathy map. And I'm going to explain what the purpose of each map is and how, when, and why they should be used and can be used. Um, this is quite different for, for a UX writer, I would say, and presenting two empathy maps, I use them, you, you'll understand how I use them. Sometimes use both of them, sometimes I use one. It just depends, and you can do the same. 
So I'm presenting two empathy maps because one is the traditional and traditional version of the map and the other isn't. <laughs> And finally, one of the two empathy maps that I'm presenting, some people consider an empathy map to be the first step in, the, in design thinking. So it's empathy maps are basically used to create a shared understanding of the user's need um, and to help make decisions based on information we already have. But it also, in this instance, um, is specifically related to the journey we just mapped out and how Tiffany is experiencing that journey. And I'm not going to go into too much detail about this map because it's widely used for this purpose. You could actually also use an empathy map for this one for brand tone and voice, if you like, to actually just map out the brand's tone and voice so you communicate in that way. Uh, I, it's been used that way before too. This is my favorite empathy map because it's about the user. It's traditional in its structure and purpose of an empathy map, but non-traditional in the questions that we're asking. An empathy map cannot exist without a persona. And empathy map versus journey mapping and personas are all integrated and one cannot exist without the other. And now that we have the content types, we've created um, an understanding of the journey. We understand the emotions of the user. We have an in-depth understanding of who we're communicating with, and that's very important. We also understand the problem we are solving, and it's easier to write the content that's needed because we have all this information. So I'm not going to read all the questions, but if you have a, um, a journey map, but no persona, this, this will be difficult to complete without your persona. However, you could attempt to answer these questions and create a persona from this map. So I consider it to be kind of multifaceted in that sense that it can be used early on in the process, but also can be used at this point, which is technically earlier on in the design thinking process, but kind of late in the general process. But anyways, so the the relationship is between personas empathy maps and journey maps is that they are not replacements for each other they they serve no purpose without the persona being in place as i mentioned we can base this we can base the understanding of the persona on user interviews that we've done or if we don't have have that level of data it's going to be kind of hard to answer these questions without knowing or having this type of persona in existence already and having access to this type of persona to create or to collect the data that we need. The significance of this mapping system is that it allows you to gather as much information about the user and also use that information to advise what content types you will be using and what could go into the design. But it also allows you to see conflicting information you may not otherwise acknowledge if you were not looking at it closely. 
the journey map that that I created was a very, very high level basic journey map, um, except for the content types column that I added in there. But it's quite quite high level. It doesn't have very, very much detail, but it can advise um, it can advise the journey and issues you may face in the journey. A lot of people do the empathy map first and then the persona, I mean the persona and then the empathy map, and then they go into a user or journey, user journey mapping because the empathy map helps you to identify what the user is struggling with and the journey map allows you to identify where in the process this is occurring. Because of this, it makes little to no sense to create these two independently of each other. They should be done together at the same time. And I think this process is very necessary for design, but also for content. And it's it's kind of, it, it is hard as a writer to write content without all this information. And I've had to do that <laughs> quite a lot. So before we get into questions, I just wanted to say thank you so much for your time tonight. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to speak on something I'm very passionate about. And I'm grateful for all the engagement and for having a platform where a UX writer can speak about a very detailed part of the design thinking process or the software creation life cycle and having people listen to it. And I, I'm just really grateful for the opportunity to do that and for doing something that I absolutely love every single day.